Coffee Podcast. <laughs> I'm Allie. <laughs> and I'm Emma. And every episode, we pick a short story to listen to while we drink our morning coffee. It's Allie's turn today. And I have picked The Rights of Man. Surprisingly by... John Steiner. <laughs> Who Allie loves. Um, this is from his book, The Last Wilkies and Other Stories. And it's read by Joel Horwood. I had been playing Dr. Panda's airport on the iPad, but then I needed to do a wee, so I told my dad. He said we'd put the iPad on the table and go and do a wee, and when I came back, I could play Dr. Panda's airport some more. So we went to the toilet and I did a wee and then we came back but then my mum said dinner was ready and I had to sit on the chair and they said I couldn't play Dr Panda's airport. I got quite upset. Not so much about playing Dr Panda's airport but because I had been told one thing and now was told another. I had expected to return from doing a wee to play Dr Panda's airport some more and instead had returned from doing a wee to be told I could not play Dr. Panda's airport anymore, but rather had now to sit on a chair and eat dinner. I don't even like sitting on a chair and eating dinner, especially when the dinner is peas. So I cried, because I cannot abide injustice, when it is wrought against me, I mean. They tried to calm me down, They soothed, they coaxed, they comforted, they pleaded, but I kept on crying. So then they got annoyed, they got stern, they cajoled, they ordered, they commanded, they shouted, but obviously none of that was going to right the wrong that had been done to me, so I kept on crying. Then my dad offered a deal. Okay, listen, how about this? You can play for a few more minutes, but after that we're putting away the iPad and you're going to sit on your chair and eat your dinner, okay? And I don't want to hear any more crying. That seemed reasonable in as much as it involved my getting to play Dr Panda's airport some more. So I nodded. He took out his telephone. How many minutes should we let you play? He asked. I held up some fingers. I'm not sure how many... I generally hold these fingers up in these sorts of situations and it usually seems to be a reasonable response. And in this case also, for my dad said, three minutes, okay, I'm setting my timer. He did something on his telephone and then placed it on the table beside me. When the timer rings, the iPad goes away and you come and eat dinner and no more whinging or crying, okay? Do we have a deal? I nodded. He handed me the iPad and helped me get back to Dr. Panda's airport. And so the grown-ups sat at the table eating and talking and I played Dr. Panda's airport some more. Although actually, to tell you the truth, it was quite a generous allocation of time and I was pretty sick of Dr. Panda's airport by the time the telephone finally made noise. It had always been about the principle of the thing, not about playing Dr. Panda's airport per se. So I was all too happy to put away the iPad and do something else. They have this round thing in that room with lots of marbles on it that is pretty interesting. I ate a couple of bites of dinner just to placate them and then I went to play with that.
I really, really, really want to try playing Dr. Panda's airport. <laughs> Just really do. I want to know if it's real. I want to know if it's not. <laughs> I want to know what's involved. If it wasn't real, how much thought did he put into creating it? <laughs> Does the, he know the plot? Has he considered selling it to a software maker? Because it sounds like a great game. I don't know. The key audience didn't seem that involved with it <laughs> after three minutes. Yeah. It's not very profitable. <laughs> when three minutes playing a game is too long. Um, I loved the reading of that. It was perfect. Yes. Because it captured the <laughs> child's upwards inflection every time. But also the the boredom that's unique to a child. Like, oh, I don't even like doing that. <laughs> yeah, I really love that style of comedy of just doing complete deadpan and complete straight voice. Even though, like, the content is really comedic and mm, funny. And- hilarious. Because in the beginning, you think it's the perspective of a grown-up. Yeah. And then quickly realize this is what a three-year-old or something. Yeah, definitely a toddler. Mm. Um, it's one of those ones as well, like, I can't imagine it being read by a different actor. Mm. Because that sort of adult man... <laughs> reading this story where I kind of wonder like you know if it'd be an, a woman or you know someone with a bit of a younger voice would it have read it as well and I just don't the know the same gravitas yeah because would you get the same gravitas of you know what were some of the lines that cannot imbi- abide injustice <laughs> <laughs> at least when it is done to me <laughs> yeah wrought against me yes you know, and I, I often find like in stories, particularly with the short stories, it, uh, it can be a mistake to kind of overuse big words mm. in novels as well, because, you know, I think because they have such a short allocation of words that they mm. sort of try to really throw these in sometimes when simpler words would do much nicer. But creating that juxtaposition, I guess, of, of the protagonist being this toddler using these brilliantly overdone and over exaggerated and and words that are just you just don't hear in normal life yeah most of the time was so perfect and i just loved it (laughs) yes definitely that contrast between normal child dilemmas of i don't even like sitting in a chair yeah Compared to this quite intense vocabulary. Yes. Why <laughs> the humour of the piece. You know, the idea of knowing all the words to create the sentence, a generous allocation of time, mm. but not knowing what a round thing with marbles is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or how many fingers equal yeah. how many minutes. <laughs> and it... it Gave me a lot of flashbacks of working in childcare. Yeah. <laughs> of asking questions of children and, and waiting for responses. And you can just tell the lack of comprehension as they go, I've got nothing. What do they even want from me right now? <laughs> <laughs> just going, I've said yes last time. And it seemed to make them happy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes 
<laughs> well timed. <laughs> Very well timed. <laughs> um, your point about using smaller words is often better than using yeah. high vocabulary choices. And I think that is a mistake that some writers tend to do. And I think it reflects an insecurity as well that they need to use bigger words yeah. to sound more uh, talented or gifted or smart or mm. something. And maybe that was actually a unique piece about this story as well, was that he was playing on that idea of look yeah. at this character that thinks they're so uh, important <laughs> and the injustice wrought upon me. Um, and that was quite funny. Yeah. And a lot more authentic, I guess, to reflect his character. I think kids do have a reasoning like that when they're doing things. I think they know exactly what they're doing. Oh, absolutely. And then they're learning to apply the the human sounds that link to what they're experiencing and the human concepts like justice, and then they apply yeah. it to their <laughs> own situation. Yeah, no, we. I also think the fairness, and maybe this is a very specifically like Australian thing as well, because Australians... I think part of our national identity is that sense of fairness. Fair go. Is. Mate. We teach children about fairness so early. So I've seen children tantrum over stuff like this. <laughs> Going like, you said that I could share that toy after waiting for one minute. I have now learnt what a minute was. <laughs> and that was not one. That was at least three. <laughs> just have to be like i'm really i'm trying my best here (laughs) (laughs) i forgot you knew what minutes were (laughs) i'm gonna talk to your teacher about maybe putting off time management skills maybe (laughs) just i need you to wait (laughs) (laughs) i'm not ready (laughs) i'm not ready for you to know these things yet and so as we mentioned that was another john steiner I feel like he may know my mind. Because <laughs> every time I, I go to pick stories for this, I feel like at least one of his stories makes it onto the list. At least. And I'm really, I'm trying hard. But I feel like I will also maybe become like that character from The Boat That Rocked that only ever played The Seekers. <laughs> <laughs> Every so, week, it's like, what's I chosen? <laughs> I've chosen John Steiner. We're going to try really hard. All right. I'm going to work with people, but expect more John Steiner. Maybe send more recommendations <laughs> for Ali to choose from. If you have recommendations for authors like John Steiner, <laughs> think it through. <laughs> you can send those to us at the Facebook page for Spineless Wonders, or you can get your own john steiner book and become as obsessed as ali this one came from the last wilkies from shortaustralianstories.com.au stay caffeinated